Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. to hear that's what I like to hear for this is the day the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it so where were you yesterday ah uh, yesterday was let's talk about a Tuesday church folk day and we are in the season of my two cents the TV and review episode, and we are reviewing Kingdom Business Season 2, and yesterday was Episodes 5 and 6. Ooh, goodness, goodness, goodness. Oh, you know, this is uh, uh, an entirely different season as there are so many more points coming through, many more than last month. And, you know, it's so good to know the Lord. It is so good to know the Lord because, see, you can extract some things out of, you know, a whole lot of conversation when you know what thus saith the Lord. And, you know, there's a line in the episode where Essence says, you know, I manifested healing by meditation and the universe has blessed my womb. And she's talking about the fact that she was in a a very bad car accident, but yet her baby is doing well. Now, we are not going to take no time to talk about the universe has blessed our womb when we need to take the time to give God thanks and acknowledge him for all the great things he has done. Now, you were just in a major car accident. You came through. Your baby came through. And I don't care how much you meditate. The universe can't do anything. No. 
we have to give credit where credit is due. The Lord says, I am a jealous God. I want my acknowledgement. You know, as we're looking and listening, looking through the word of God and we're listening, you know, to the things that God has said throughout the word, you know, he made sure, he reminded Israel every opportunity he got. He says, I am the Lord your God. I brought you out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. I brought you out of Egypt. I mean, he never stopped reminding them. And that, you know, that made me think of, you know, that in the word of God when I heard, you know, this uh, universe line. And people want to give, you know, all the credit to the universe and the higher power. No, we are going to make sure we acknowledge God for who he is and who he is at all. All times. No, we can't be messing around talking about no universe. No. And I give God thanks that we've learned better. Giving God thanks that we've learned better and we are acknowledging better. You know, we also really have been seeing something talk about reminders that's going on with this Danita character. Now, she has to constantly be reminded that God will always reveal the truth. And there's a line that says, you know, God always reveals the truth even though we don't want him to. And, you know, we can run, but you can't hide from God. You know, when God needs you to do what he needs you to do, you think you're going to get some rest? You think you're going to be able to do it your way? No, I'm so sorry. It does not work like that. No, it doesn't work like that at all. There's no way in the world we are going to be able to just do things we want to do, and we don't have to answer to God. No. And since last season, she's been reminded that, you know, you are to make sure you tell the truth. You can't walk around hiding. And even with all that's been said, she still... Still, after all of this, she does not want to reveal to her family that she has a child from her youth. Now, her son has, you know, come to uh, to the forefront, and he's been praying for her, and he's prayed for her husband, and he's revealed himself, and you still want to keep this part of your life hidden and you can't live you can't live like this if this part of your life is hidden so 
let me just help you understand that when God keeps reminding us, we better step up to the plate and do what we need to do. Okay? There's just no way of getting around it. Don't try it. Don't try it. And again, please don't try it. Okay? Okay. Well, you know, this journey with the Jordan family and Rebel, this has been some roller coaster ride. And, you know, we are narrowing down. We are about to hit episode seven next week. And there are so many different lessons that we're learning here. You know, we're talking about uh, the fact that Rebel is singing gospel music versus her singing secular music and what, what it's really doing to her life. How is it really benefiting her life? How is it benefiting the people who are listening to her music? How is she ministering? this to the people you know she was having a rough time over there in the studio with x singing his produced songs and uh had to you know admit that when she sings with caesar those songs change lives so you know anything that you do for the Lord is going to be the thing that matters. When you put that up against anything that has nothing to do with the Lord, that is not going to be anything compared to what you're doing for God. Only what you do for Christ will last. Yeah. So, you know, you can try to do everything you want to do. But what are you called to do? And, you know, we constantly talk about that here on this due time. You know, what are we called to do? You know, when you're called by the Lord, uh, the Word of God says, My sheep hear my voice. You can't be running around doing the things you want to do. All right? All right. So, come on, don't make your life harder. Don't make your life harder. Trust me when I tell you. You know, with our decision making, if we do not trust God for our lives and we live our lives as Cedric the Entertainer would say, all willy-nilly, that's the way our lives are going to come down. It's going to come down to our lives being willy-nilly. And that's not for God's people. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. So, a whole lot of messages going on in these episodes, and I'm hoping that you pick up on it, and whatever you don't pick up on, I pray that God gives it to us to give to you. All right? All righty. Well, today is Wow Wednesday. And you know what we do over here. You know how we do it over here on this due time with Pastor Steph. It's Ladies' Day. Yes, 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 and yes. Giving God thanks 
for waking up today. Giving God thanks that he included us in today. So, we about to get this party started. So, go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time where Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. In life, there are things that suck, but we do them anyway. Family meals with your wife's crazy Uncle Eddie suck, but we do it anyway. Because the memories that we make with family are everything. Family photo sessions with matching outfits suck, but we do it anyway. Because finding those photos years from now will make you laugh and cry. And you know what else really sucks? Getting screened for cancer but not as much as letting things go undetected or untreated. So do it anyway. Screening can save your life from cancer or even help prevent certain types of cancer, which will give you even more years of doing things that don't suck. For more information, visit GetScreenForCancer.org today. Mammogram, colonoscopy, pap You need to go screen for cancer. again welcome back to his due time with pastor steph and it is wow wednesday ah giving god thanks that he has ushered us into the middle of the week and while other people are calling it hump day and they trying to figure out how they getting through thank god that he has already given us what it is that we need to do and we stay focused and as long as we give God our lives each and every day and that's our dedication and commitment to him we ain't got to worry about how we're going to get through can you imagine for three and a half years we have been saying good morning to one another every Wednesday pretty much And I am very happy to share this day with you, giving God thanks for you. And I know y'all tired of hearing my voice, so let me just turn you over to my girl, Vivian. Good morning, Viv. Good morning. Happy Wow Wednesday. How are you, Pastor? I am well, thank you, Vivian. How are you? I'm well, thank you. That's good, that's good, that's good. What you got for us today? 
All right, today on Socially Conscious, we are starting off with some good news for the youth. Reports say, thanks to free classes offered by the Legal Aid Society and the Red Hook Initiative, high school students in Brooklyn have an opportunity to learn their legal rights. It's a class called Know Your Rights where they focus on interactions with police. A spokesperson says lessons include teaching youth that police are only supposed to ask you for your name and address if they're questioning you, teaching them you do not have to carry an ID by law, but also teaching them to always carry one anyway, and a major key Always keep calm because when you get aggressive, they get aggressive. They say this class is aimed at making sure the youth are knowledgeable on how to interact with police so that they can make it home. The kids say they look forward to sharing this information with not only their peers, but the adults in their lives as well. They say they understand how important it is to not only know your rights, but how to handle situations with police. These classes started in September, and they are soon ending for the year. Um, But they're saying the next Know Your Rights class will begin again in Red Hooks for all young adults next fall. And if you want to find out more information about these classes, you can go to rhicenter.org. And this is definitely a useful class. Next, we have some updates, numbers, and statistics on mass shootings. Reports say there have been more mass shootings with four or more deaths in 2023 this year than any other year since at least 2006. There have been 38 mass shootings this year, which is up from last year's high number of 36. They say mass shootings with at least four deaths have been on the rise in recent years, especially since the onset of COVID-19. There were 21 mass shootings in 2020, 31 in 2021, and 36 in 2022. And the database shows there have been 630 mass shootings in the United States so far this year, according to the Gun Violence Archive. Last year's total was 645. So it did go down as a total in the United States. So these are not the type of records that we want to be breaking. So they're saying that, of course, as the voting season is coming up, to make sure you're paying attention to the candidates who are speaking about gun violence and gun control. Speaking of guns, reports say applications for gun licenses have also been on the rise, more specifically in bodega workers and owners. Reports say the union representing bodega owners 
said it has created a secret society that will train bodega owners and help them obtain permits to carry small guns. The United Bodegas of America said interested owners are already being trained by authorized instructors who are either military or ex-law enforcement members. Once trained, they can apply for a concealed carry permit. They say at least 230 bodega owners applied for gun licenses this year. The union is saying owners are facing unprecedented violence being robbed, beaten, and in some cases murdered in their own stores. And sometimes people do run to bodegas as a safe haven seeking shelter. So they believe that these gun licenses will help in all of these areas. The union says it's going to do this. um, It says doing this in the name of public safety to protect the owners and their business and the entire community. So what you with the number that I just gave of mass shootings connected to this is this something that you think that they really should be pushing for bodega owners and workers to be carrying guns or is this just going to add to what was already spoken of lastly on the topic of guns family members of three black people fatally shot at a Dollar General store in North Florida by a racist gunman have sued the store's landlord, operator, and security contractor for negligence, claiming lax security led to their loved one's death. So if you did it here back in August of this year, 21-year-old Ryan Christopher Hallmeter shot and killed three people in a racially motivated incident at a King's Road Dollar General store in Jacksonville. Hallmeter killed himself at the scene of the attack, leaving behind racist writings and a suicide note. Investigators have said that he made clear in his writings that he hated black people, During the attack, he texted his father and told him to break into his room and check his computer. There, the father found the note and the writing. The family notified authorities, but by that time, the shootings had already begun. Detectives say that the 21-year-old gunman had attempted to enter two other stores that day, but he was stopped by the presence of security guards at both places. So that is why the family is saying that better security measures should have been in place by the store operator and the landlord before the shooting in August. Since the area around the store has been a rash of shootings, assaults, burglaries, robberies, and drug dealing. So they're holding the landlord and the store owner of responsible, and now they are suing. So the question is, should store owners, landlords, be responsible for mass shootings? Should they be held accountable? Is it up to the store managers and landlords to make sure that there's adequate security? Or is this a far-fetched lawsuit? And now we have our wow story of the week. You're always told to be careful when you're going out to bars and clubs. They tell you to protect your drinks 
Never leave your drinks alone and not to accept drinks from strangers because, you know, you never know what they're doing to your drinks. But does that include bartenders as well? A Dallas police have confirmed that they are investigating after two women filed reports saying that a bartender tampered with their drinks at Harlow MXM, a popular restaurant and bar. Brianna Knox and a childhood friend, Nakia Robertson, say last Saturday night they planned for a safe and rare girls' night out. At the entrance to Harlow's, they said that they were asked how badly they wanted to get in and were only granted entrance after they promised to, quote, show some love to the bartender, end quote. They say they didn't think anything of the comment, but now they are questioning everything after what happened to them. The two women say the bartenders drugged them. Robertson said after the second shot, she began to feel sick, which was unusual for her. They say that the bartenders were offering free lemon shots. She says her friend also began to feel the same, and in minutes they both became violently ill. The women were able to call friends to come and get them and managed to get out of the bar. She said while waiting for her pickup to arrive, she noticed her keys were missing, and then she received a text from a man who claimed to be the head of security for the establishment, and he offered to get them an Uber to his house until they figured things out. Thankfully, the women were able to get home safely. They say that they were sick throughout the night and even throwing up blood. The next day, the friends say they shared the text message and everything that happened with the bar management and received promises that they would be contacted. But to date, they say they have not been. Then they went to the hospital with a drug screen that confirmed amphetamines in their blood, and the ladies insist they had not taken any medication of any kind. So as these ladies begin to share their stories, several other women have come forward saying the same thing has happened to them. And now an investigation is underway. And it's sad because you can't trust the patrons and nor the employees these days. Usually the bartenders are the ones trying to look out and keep people safe, and now they appear to be a part of the problem. So even more reason for you to stay out the club, stay home, just be safe. But this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious, giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wow stories you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me. My username on Facebook is Vivian BM. And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners, and thank you, Pastor Seth. Thank you, Vivian. Another round this week of some uh, interesting stories, you know. Thank you so much. Please hang around just in the event we need to uh, get some clarification on anything. And if we don't speak to you, please uh, have a blessed day. Thank you, you as well. Thank you, thank you. Ah, uh, well, we 
going to take this time to turn these stories over to our ladies. We're down one of our ladies today. We're going to say good morning to Elder Nitisha. Good morning, Elder Nitisha. Good morning, Pastor Staff. Good morning, Santis and Vivian and all of our listeners. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Glad to have you on with us this morning. So let's get to talking here. So we've got these free classes being given by the Legal Aid Society to our students, teaching them about their rights and how to interact with the police and as well as their parents, you know, to take some of that uh those lessons home with them as well. And one of the key things Vivian mentioned was um, that they should always keep calm because if they get aggressive, then the officers will get aggressive. What's your thought on this, on these classes and some of the stuff that, you know, they're offering as, you know, uh, advice? Yeah, while it's uh, unfortunate that there is even a need, right, a, a need for these classes to take place, that, you know, the conversations that we have to have within our community specifically around how to engage um, and how to respond when uh, stopped or approached by law enforcement whose purpose is supposed to be to serve and to protect um unfortunately, you know, we are not seeing that. Um, to answer your question specifically to the instruction around remaining calm um, so that, you know, aggression is not met, I think that, um, again, it's another unfortunate instruction. Um, but I think uh, uh, on both sides of the coin, you see the need for this instruction, right? You have police officers who are, as we talked about last Wednesday, uh, first responders who are rushing into scenarios and situations um, that can be deadly for their life. And so they don't always know the mental capacity or mental alertness or awareness of an individual, regardless of the age, uh, nowadays, it doesn't matter, unfortunately, that you, you know, are uh, having a conversation or approaching a 14-year-old because, or a 13 or a 10 or a 9, 8-year-old because they, too, are uh, carrying guns and it can mean your life. And so I think with the, the, the danger of their job, they can never be too careful with their approach um, and so I do think it is good instruction that, you know, you, you disarm the, the, the question of is this a hostile interaction or is this a peaceful interaction? And so if as a civilian I could immediately try, you know, by way of my demeanor, by way of my approach to you, laid to rest or disarm you from that question of are you a hostile 
or are we, you know, can we handle this peacefully? I think it does make, you know, uh, it's supposed to, let's say that, because we've also seen the scenarios when, unfortunately, even that did not work. But, it, you know, in hopes that it would alleviate the possibility for any um, tragedies uh, to take to, to come about of that interaction. So, I mean, a long way to just simply say, when you look at both sides of the coin, you can see why that instruction is necessary and why it is valuable. Because I think, as a law enforcement um, person and first responder, you're rushing in and you do not know the mental status of the person you are getting ready to engage with. And so to be able to disarm that this is not a hostile situation, that I am willing to answer your questions, I am willing to cooperate with you, just allows for a better outcome. So I think, in essence, I think that this is good education. Okay, okay. Mm. All right, some good stuff going on here. Let's say good morning to Shantice and see what she's got to say about these uh, classes given by the Legal Aid Society. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor Stuff. Good morning, Elder Natisha. Good morning, morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? That's good. That's good. I'm well, thank you. I'm well. So what do you think about these? lessons and classes that are given by the Legal Aid Society and the information that's being provided? I think this is a great benefit for the students. I think also it'll set a lot of the authorities in their place, you know, a lot of the policemen who like to just intimidate. And we've seen you know, a lot of times when they, they call themselves running up on someone and unjustly, you know, questioning and antagonizing. And then once someone humbly starts letting them know, like, I understand my rights. I understand that I don't have to do this. I don't have to speak to you. I don't have to go with you. You're not allowed to do this to me. They then feel a little intimidated and they start to back down some because they know that they can't intimidate you. So I love it. I, I love it because even with the knowledge, there's still a level of humility you have to carry because, again, as it has been said and as we have witnessed, you know, even when you're right and when you're right and loud, all they hear is the loud and they try to match your crazy. You know, so now it's like I may be letting them know that I understand, well, this is what should and shouldn't be happening but because of everything else, all you see is hostility. But when you let them know, like, um, okay, my name is so-and-so, well, come with us. No, I will not come with you because I do not have to. Why do you want me to come with you? Why are you stopping me? Why are you, you know, it, they start to kind of back down most of the time. So I, I think this is something great that they're taking the time to share this information with them and then teaching them how to utilize the information. I'm sorry, utilize the knowledge, I should say. Okay, okay. Uh, I actually agree with you, ladies. I think this is golden, um, personally. You know, it's always good to know your rights. 
And you know, a lot of times, <laughs> where, where do our where, where does our our knowledge come from? From the streets, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You you hear what other people say, and you know they're spitting out stuff that may not necessarily be accurate. And I know for the longest time, you know, we've heard that, you know, you have to walk with your ID. And maybe at one point we did have to walk with our ID. And for them to be able to tell you from a legal standpoint that you do not have to walk with your ID, but you should, um, I think that's that's golden. One of the other things that I thought was really interesting about this is they spoke about how this this could actually be utilized at home. And I think a lot of times, you know, when the kids are talking to their parents, especially as they're getting older, they kind of lose themselves, you know, um, in the way they speak and things like that. And the fact that, you know, they're just helping them to understand that, you know, uh, aggressive behavior um, applied at the wrong time with the wrong people can render v- very bad results. Um, and, you know, it, it's a such a volatile world we're living in. You know, you're constantly trying to prevent from stepping on someone's toes and you're walking around trying to stop from, keep from stepping on eggshells. It's just, you couldn't pay me to be a cop these days. I, you just couldn't. It's just too much. And, you know, as Elder Natisha was talking, I'm thinking, you know, I don't, I wouldn't want to be no cop out here because, again, you don't know who you're walking up on. You know, I, I you don't want to be a young person these days or a young black person these days or a male black person these days because you seem to be a target and you don't want to be a cop because they walking on eggshells because they don't know and they all nervous and how many times have you know has someone said that they you know fired because they were nervous and they just trying to make it home and it, woo, the combination of all of this is really really very dangerous so I think classes that's 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 key education is key knowing what you know is key knowing what you know from a reliable source is key and you know i you know kudos to them for for taking this into the schools you know to educate and i think this is going to go a long way for both the young people as well as, you know, law enforcement, because law enforcement hopefully will step back a little bit when they realize that, you know, these um, young people are now being armed with some information and they're not walking around, you know, just kind of spewing stuff out that they know nothing about. So I, I, I was like, really kind of surprised I think is long overdue and my my hope is that they'll this will be expanded and they'll teach more and more and more and maybe even spark our young people to get into some level of legal um you know careers 
where they can help one another and they can take some of this and really apply it properly. So I'm I'm kind of uh, excited here personally. Woo! Mass shootings, 630 this year alone. Now, thank God we are almost finished <laughs> with this year. God spares, and there's 630, you know, um, there's only a few days left in the year. So, you know, hopefully this doesn't skyrocket. But to think that, you know, we only had 52 weeks in the year. And yet you've got this kind of number. You know, what's your thought on this, um, Shanties, as far as these numbers that have been escalating and escalating and escalating? Oh, goodness. It's not enough being put into effect to prevent the um, numbers from going up or all of this violence. And it's like, what? What else do you need to hear outside of the numbers? We understand that, you know, with the powers that be, they don't pay attention to anything until numbers are affected. So whether it's their financial numbers, you know, numbers that dictate their, you know, finances, then they don't, you know, say, oh, well, we didn't know that. And then when you start bringing them the statistics, the numbers, then it's like, oh, okay, we get it, we understand and this has been a thing for a long while. So my question becomes, well, what number, is there a specific number you're waiting to reach before you then start to take it seriously or you then feel like, okay, there has to be even more drastic measures being put into place than we have heard, you know, um, a lot of times through some of the news stories, then we hear, oh, now because of this happening, you know, the powers that be in this area decided that they're going to put this into effect, you know, and it may just be in this area. But then another area doesn't take heed to what this area is doing, so they're waiting for their numbers to go up. And it's just like, okay, what what, what are we doing now? I just think that it just needs to be more of a global thing, that it doesn't have to happen in my backyard. I have the, the power and the ability to enforce things. It doesn't have to happen in my backyard for me. I can look over into the next borough, into you know the next um, county, the next um, state, and see, okay, this, the numbers are going up over there. So before they can even try to start going up over here, then this is what we're going to do. These are the precautions we're going to take. We're going to start being proactive and not wait till something happens and then try to be reactive. So my question is just, like, what number are you waiting to hit before you start to really think that's okay, this is more drastic than what it could have been? Mm, okay, okay, okay. Elton it's a whole lot of mass shootings going on in one year. It really is, and... and um Again, it continues to speak to the narrative around the importance of our vote and uh, these um, community leaders, politicians, uh, elected officials who are not hearing our voice as it pertains to um, gun control and how we're managing this and, and how we're getting in front of this. And so I do think 
that, you know, as we think about all of these numbers um, and all of the lies, you know, because sometimes when we start talking about numbers, we remove from the conversation the fact that these numbers are associated with individual lives that have been taken, impacted, and affected by these mass shootings. So it's easier to just simply say, oh, we've had, you know, 600 mass shootings this year without saying we actually had 700 kids die to mass shootings, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is more impactful, and it allows for the conversation mm-hmm. to, to, main, to maintain its poignancy and maintain its focus. And so I think as we, um, you know, think about our voting rights and, and not just – because we, you know, because there is no Barack Obama, you know, who who is, um, you know, in 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 the in the running, that we don't just sit back as Black people and say our vote doesn't matter. No, it does matter, and it matters on that local level, um, in terms of how your community is impacted by all of these mass shootings. Absolutely, ladies. Absolutely. You know, listening to these numbers, these these numbers really make you. It's 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 scary. It's very scary. And you know, as Shanti said, you know, we we just recently had, I believe it was one of the senators who said, you know, oh, I'm now changing my, you know, um, you know, my my uh, stance on this you know, these gun rights and, and the application process and this and that. And unfortunately, it did have to hit home in his town. You know, a mass shooting mm-hmm. had to come, you know, in, in to your neck of the woods before you actually were at, rocked by it. And to me, which was the saddest thing, because how many children, if we didn't even count mm-hmm. the adults, how many children had actually lost their lives prior to this? But now when it's children in your house, now it matters. You know, the, the children have been dying. All of the, 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 the mass shootings had taken place in elementary school high school, junior high school, college, it's like, yo, when were you going to ever wake up? So, you know, unfortunately, as always, until it hits home, it doesn't rock your boat until, you know, now it's like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. it's one of mine. And, you know, it mm-hmm. is, it's, it's very sad that, you know, um, people have gotten to the point where they're like, my vote does not matter because if this is a prime example. So you voted for these particular gun rights and these rules and things like that, and then you had a, a group of people who sat at the top who said, well, this is what's going to happen. So then you start saying, well, then I thought this and 900 other people in the county thought this, but none of that mattered. So it's very hard to convince people and encourage them when you see this stuff go on, and then at the end of the day, at the end of the year, these are the kind of numbers, you know, that have, you know, surfaced, and now it shows that the voters were right. So it's it's really um, a tough spot to be in because people get discouraged. It, first of all, it's hard to get them out in the first place. And now that they, you know, are finally out of their houses on 
um, election day, you know, now they are, they feel defeated. So especially now with all the shenanigans that have gone on, you know, with the politics and the politicians and this and that. So, you know, hopefully, you know, this will still be in their, you know, minds and when it comes time to vote, it will, you know, still drive them out and hopefully, you know, it will get um, the attention it needs to get, at least from us, that we can do a little pushing and get some results because to think that this is, this is, here's the other part, worldwide, oh my gosh, worldwide, you know, we're only talking about national numbers, we're not even talking about worldwide, and, you know, it doesn't seem, you know, as crazy as it is, um, you know, as, as it is in the United States, but just to think about all the stuff that has gone on worldwide, so if you add up all these numbers, you know, this 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 uh, world is really in bad shape just from one area. That's it. Can you imagine? One area, guns, can, you know, can bring us to this particular point. So, you know, uh, again, you know, prayers lifted and, you know, us doing whatever we have to do to make sure that, you know, all of this stuff is is kind of put to bed to rest and and you know with these numbers hopefully now this will drive people out more and more opposed to less and less now that moves you into your local people your gun oh i'm sorry your bodega owners and the workers who are now applying for gun licenses because they're not safe you know um they've we've seen over the you know past few years the increase on the attack of the bodega owners and um, workers and things like this. And now they're going to get some training, you know, as to uh, how to use these guns and things like that. And then, now that's this is interesting. From what I'm getting from uh, Vivian is, okay, so after they get the training, then they'll be able to apply for the the um, application. So I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to give this one to you first, Elden Itisha. You know, it's a, even as I'm listening to Vivian, uh, I, I immediately begin to say this is a catch-22 because while, you know, they have a right to protect themselves, how many bodega owners have we seen and heard of who have also lost their lives simply by being at work, doing their job, you know, of taking care of their business and, you know, have no no defense. They are helpless and they're open and they're there to serve the community, to provide you with bread and rice and milk and eggs and the things that you need, um, you know, going late into the evening. Um Interesting enough that we would jump, though, to let's all go get guns as opposed to let's think about our our hours of operation. Now, that may be Mm -hmm. inconvenient for uh, for a community, 
But perhaps that that could be an option that we put out on the table, that instead of staying open until midnight, perhaps we're closing at decent hours. We're closing at sunset, right? Like in certain communities, that's what they do. In, in, in the suburbs, past 9 o'clock, there is no store <laughs> that's open for nobody to go in and rob and stick up and things of that nature. So I think that that is an option on the table. Um, I think the, the, the flip side of the coin with these, these you know, bodega owners um, and managers being able to protect themselves because they are there um, and should have a right to protect themselves, I think that also increases and adds to the numbers of accidental shootings, which we're not talking, you know, we, which those numbers is not what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, mass shootings. But I think the flip side of the coin is accidental uh, deaths as a result of guns. And so I think that increases the possibility for that because now you in there, you're scared. It's late. Somebody comes in looking like a thug, right? Unfortunately, uh, stereotypes are still in play. And so if you have a black man who, you know, has on a hoodie, uh, walk in and um, you get to interpret who they are even before engaging with them or interacting with them, there is an interpretation of who they are by way of looking at them, what they're wearing, their complexion. And so now you get on edge. And if they seem to be aggressive, now you draw your weapon because they went to reach to get their wallet. You thought he was black, he had a hoodie, he put his head in his coat, I shot him. You know, I just... I think there is there's all of that possibility of those those uh, biases and stereotypes and stuff that come into play that increases the numbers for accidental shooting. And so it is such a catch-22, but I do think that before we just resort to let's just all be part of the, uh, uh, the gun corral, that we, you know, start thinking about our hours of operation and other ways that we are, you know, that they would be able to protect themselves. Okay, okay. Interesting thought. Shantice, now I know when Elder Natisha said that after a certain time, you ain't got no corner store. Ha, <laughs> ha. I would love to see your face. Ha, ha, ha. Man. Yeah, and it's it's sad because like our corner store shuts down at ten, and I always thought that's always been like that. And I always thought that was reasonable because you know it it stayed open late enough for if you needed that last minute thing or if you were coming home a little later from work or whatever the case may be or from shopping or whatever. But then that was it, you know. And even though there are some nights where like you know midnight or one like that. Can't even run to the corner store. But then it's like, but do I really want to be outside at 12 o'clock, you know? So maybe I uh, say my prayers, go to bed, and in the morning get up and go to the store. And it's, it's so, you know, unfortunate a lot of the times. Because I don't even like the the um, the um the window store. I don't know. I did that once, and I was like, never again. Because it is just way too much you have to contend with and focus on. I can't tell you a bag of chips I want without looking over my shoulder every two seconds. I don't know who's coming up behind me. No, 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 thank you. I don't even think they should be having that anymore. And they did have that around here, and they shut it down. But, see, even things like that, it's, and I agree with Elton, I was thinking the same thing. 
You know, it's like while it's good for the bodega owners to be able to defend themselves, this just gives another reason for me to feel like I have the right to be hostile. I have the right, you know, I, I could have gotten robbed already, and because I didn't go through the proper healing, I still got a chip on my shoulder, so now the infant can walk in and look at me sideways. I'm drawing my weapon. Why is your baby staring at me? Why is your baby looking at me? You know, you can't dictate how someone handles their trauma, unfortunately. And we see that happening even with people who don't have weapons, that they're verbally aggressive, you know, because of things that they've been through. And even while it's understandable, because I've been in stores, you know, and, and it's, it's weird because I now thinking about it, I see how I don't go into every bodega, especially if it's not in my hood. I'm not going because, you know, when you <laughs> – we grew up with a corner store next to us everywhere we lived. So you understand that this bodega belongs to my hood. So I, I understand the people, the regulars who flow in and out. When you got newbies coming in, everybody kind of looking at them like, okay, where you come from? Who you visiting over here? Okay, get what you need and get up out of here. You, you don't belong here. So now when I'm in a different neighborhood, you know, if, if the bodega doesn't look a certain way, I don't go in. I, I, I don't. There's times I've walked in and walked right back out. I can't really explain why the vibe just didn't feel right. And who's to say that, you know, wasn't maybe the Holy Spirit moved me like, uh, get, get up out of there, you know. But you, you have to pay attention to all of these things because there's so much going on in these stores, so much going on. Some of these stores are front. Some of these, you, have to, you have to be aware of, of these bodegas. So while it's, you know, good for them to be able to do it, I think there needs to be, like they said, there's training. Um, the training should be well-rounded, you know, not just the training on how to use the weapon, but the, the, the mental training, the emotional training. You know, or don't let your, your daughter come home from school and now she gets to use your weapon. Like, no, none of that. Don't let your wife come in. Now, now your wife won't work, work the counter. Now she gets to use the weapon. No, this needs to be, if you're the owner, you're the only one who has access. You're the only one who's allowed to use it because at the same time, this is just screaming. I get to now, you know, run my store in, in, in a prideful, arrogant manner more, more than, uh, of a humble, and I only draw my weapon if I really, 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 really have to. Mm-hmm. Boy, is this a mess. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I had my thoughts already, and then as you ladies were talking, I was like, oh, Lord, this is worse than I even thought about. You know, I remember Shanti talked about the, the corner store here. We've been here for this year 29 years. And the store has changed hands a few times. And always great people. Always great people. Mm-hmm. And we live blocks from the next store. And like Shanti said, you every store has its group. So, you know, you got from this, mm-hmm. if, if you're at the top, which is what I call the top, where the main intersection is, you know, you, you know you could go in there. We go in there, but they got their group. You know, um, when you come down this far, we we got our group. And I remember each, there has been an incident for each owner. They've been robbed. Mm 
And the first thing everybody would say mm-hmm. is, why would you rob Serge and Jose? You know, why would you mm-hmm. rob so-and-so and so-and-so? Because they knew the neighborhood kids. They knew, they know you. They, 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 they're family. And when mm-hmm. you think about someone robbing them, the first thing you would think is that it's an outsider. And now if Serge and Jose and whoever and whoever and and, and, and what's his name, Shanti's? What's the one now? Well, I he can't know. forget his name. He know. You know, if he they know. don't on, <laughs> if they don't if they never thought of having a gun, now they need to protect themselves. We lived here for mm-hmm. quite a while before the first incident happened, and you thought about, oh, my God. And I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't that late either. It wasn't that late. Like Shanti said, they mm-hmm. never stayed open. Mm-hmm. No matter who's owned it, they never stayed open later than 10 o'clock. So think about it. This is a neighborhood store. They know everybody. Because, again, the proximity mm-hmm. of where the store is, we're four blocks from the four or five blocks from the main intersection and going the going the, 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 the street on our main street, we are blocks from stores. So they know everybody mm-hmm. and for you to go up in there and rob them, inter, you know, interrupt these people's flow, interrupt the aura of the the neighborhood. They don't care. And now they feel like mm-hmm. they need to arm themselves in order to defend themselves, and they have every right to. But yet again, as you've ladies said, now we got another reason for a gun to be on the block. And for mm-hmm. um, this last owner, I think he's the only one who at, at one point for quite a while he had his wife in the store. She would be behind the counter. So, you know, mm-hmm. you would think that, you know, okay, so she should feel safe and things like that. But yet again, they are vulnerable. And, and, and like Shanti said, you had the times where you had the ones with the at – certain, at certain blocks, you had the ones with the window. And who wants to do that? You know, you, you got to put out your money, and, and that ain't safe. And, then, and they were always the ones open up to like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, daylights blinking. Like, who's going to be standing outside the window at 3 o'clock in the morning because you need some laundry detergent? Yo, this is crazy. So, you know, this, this here lends to all of the madness and the chaos that goes on. And it is a catch-22 situation because these people – they 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 are they're disturbed they're disturbed they have been minding their mm-hmm. business and you bring your madness to their front door so now they have to feel like they need to what else would you think um are you now going to now disservice the, the the first thing is shut down earlier and now unfortunately we all suffer because of the idiots that you know, they don't know how to behave themselves. And that's one of the perks in this kind of a neighborhood because we're in the hood, but we don't necessarily feel like the hood because we're kind of away from the main traffic. But now we we have to function like the suburbs because of the dopes, you know, of the stupid idiots. So mm-hmm. now, you know, everybody begins to suffer because like not Elder and I teacher said, it's either get a gun or either shut down early. Now, shut down at 8 o'clock, I think that's what they do on Sundays, and it's like, 
it's a rat race. You better hurry up and think that before you get there. So that that's I agree 100. percent Here's the other thought that I that came to my mind. So now you say in order for them to apply, and Vivian, you can let me know if I got this wrong. They have to get the training before they apply. I don't hear nobody else have these requirements. All these mass shootings that they took place and trying to figure out all of this list of stuff and Vivian has brought us on a couple occasions all of the extra little things that they've added I don't remember anybody saying they had to be trained first am I missing something y'all I don't remember this y'all remember that yeah no that's no. always yeah no yes that's that's a part of the licensing procedure I know my husband has his license and he had to do uh, a class uh, before you're able to uh, be licensed to carry. So, yes, that is a part of it. And my, oh. one of my girlfriends who moved, uh, she's a single woman, she moved to Arizona, and she, too, had to take classes before she was able to get her license to carry. Wow, because this is the first time I've heard this. I, I, the first time I've heard anything about these classes before. Well, okay, then that's good. I, it's not mm-hmm. that I'm against it. I just didn't remember hearing it. And I'm like, well, why they got to be the first ones to now get the training? I mean, they should, but I really thought that this was the first time. I do not remember hearing that ever. So, okay, all right, so then they have to follow suit, and they have to be, you know, trained as well, and they should be, you know, because, listen, like you both have said, there's a lot of emotion that goes on in this. There's a lot of fear, you know, God forbid that, you know, you this has already happened. Now you have this PTSD possibly, you know, so you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. Now you need a gun and the process and what you have to go through, and then you end the store with a gun. So, you know, this this here is it, not minor at all because it, uh, this I didn't even know that they had a bodega association. <laughs> I was like, goodness gracious. Wow, y'all go ahead. You know, you have this, this association. So, you know, but, but think about it. In New York City, we got quite a few bodegas. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you've got to have this type of setup and organization. So I'm just praying that, you know, again, this here is going to benefit. And, you know, there will be some other thought put into how can I prevent, you know, from getting, is this gun going to be my last resort opposed to my first, you know, thought am mm-hmm. I you know I'm just gonna jump out here and go get a gun hopefully you'll think of some different you know ways you can possibly you know protect yourself a little bit more other than going out here and getting a gun now duh. so this is a little this is scary okay so Vivian is on her gun stuff today so we've got I remember the Dollar General incident that happened where the people were um, shot in the store, and now the family is suing. Now they're suing the landlord and the store owner because they feel that they should have had more security like other stores that have more security because they could not, he couldn't get in. 
the shooter couldn't get into some other establishments, but was able to get into this establishment and, you know, do what he did. And they're saying because of that, now they are holding the landlord and the um, store owner responsible. So Vivian is asking, and I'm curious, and I would love to get some feedback from you listeners, whether you feel as though the landlord and the store owner should be sued. What do you think, Shantice? And what store is this again? Dollar General. Dollar General, okay. I thought I just wanted to make sure. Uh, see, what, <laughs> what kind of messes them up and puts them in the position to now have this said to them is because, like you just said, he attempted to go into others and wasn't able to. So now it's like, well, why was he able to get into yours? And, again, we have a Dollar General right next to us, and I went in there yesterday. I actually was walking from one store, heading to Dollar General, walked past two cops. Like, they're walking towards me, I'm walking towards them. Okay. Next thing I know... We were like a, a block and a half away from the Dollar General. Next thing I know, I'm walking, Gary walk in the door, I see a cop car. It's the same two cops that just walked <laughs> past me. Like, not running in there, but walking mighty fast. So they walked in right ahead of me. I said, is it safe to come in here? Uh-huh. So one kind of looked at me and was like, yeah. And I'm like, well, why are you looking at me like I'm stupid? You're a cop walking in here. I want to know if this safe. To come up in this store so I don't know what happened but they were looking for some guy and I don't know if he stole something or if he was in there acting a fool I don't know what happened but there is no security in that store like at all and I find it rather strange because of like Pastor Seth just said this isn't the worst area at the same time it ain't the complete best area either so God forbid something happened in there, he would have had every bit of opportunity to really get reckless in that store. Because not only do they not have security, but the employees are a little slow. So he would have had every <laughs> every bit of room to to do whatever oh, it is gosh. that he wanted to do. So I can understand, and 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 it's because it. There, that's one of those stores, and I've been saying this for a while, that there's just a lot of leniency that goes on in that store. And it's almost like when we talk about our lives and pastor stuff reminds us all the time, you're not just one way and only one part of your life. So if you're not on point with your employees, you're not going to be on point with security. This whole, I don't know how many of you guys have ever frequent Dollar Generals, but every so often, I think it's like every maybe five or ten minutes, they have this this prompter that comes on and this automated system, and she asks, um, is everything safe? Please say yes. And they're like, yes, and then that's it. But if somebody got a gun in my head, am I going to say no? Like like, (laughs) like you're here to stop this person from either pistol-whipping me or pulling the trigger and killing me. So I think it's safe to say that, yeah, you put yourself, landlord and store owner, whoever they're trying to sue, in the position to now be addressed like this and sued 
because unfortunately for you, you had other people who own other Dollar Generals that made sure they were on point and had these preventive measures put into place. But because you're lenient and you figure this is only a Dollar General and it is what it is, he was able to get up in there and do what he did. So I, I understand them wanting to sue. Okay, okay. Elder Natisha, which side gets your vote? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know. Uh, again, I, I just continuing to have this conversation around um, security. I, I think that's a, it's a hard call. One, how do you, if I had security in the store, just because you know the, the security officer over at the other store was more vigilant and more awake than my security officers, than my security, <laughs> right? Like, mm. <laughs> maybe I may have had the, the, the overweight, tired security officer who was just sitting there just allowing for everybody to walk in the store. That's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No. Oh but I god. do I do think I think, you know, again to me I see it full circle, right? We just talked about whether store owners should have weapons to be able to protect themselves. And now right off of that story we come mm-hmm. into one where That's the it. store owner right. is being held responsible right. now for the safety right. of the people who are coming in coming into the store. So you see how they're damned yep. if they do, they're damned if they don't. Yep. <laughs> you yep. know, because, because yes, there there ought to be a level of responsibility. But if they had, it didn't say that they didn't have any security in the place. From what I, if I'm taking this right, Vivian, it was the fact that um, they didn't have enough because the person was able to get into their store, whereas they weren't able to get into the other stores. To me, if I have a security officer at the store, I've done my job. I hired a security company to provide me with a security officer. I got the one sitting here eating donuts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How, how am I now fully responsible for this? Yet, how am I not responsible mm-hmm. for the safety of the Patriots? It's just, this is so hard. You know, I'm, I'm, as Vivian was saying it, and then she asked the question, I was like, mm, I'm stuck because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm standing in the middle as well. I'm, I'm saying to myself, okay, well, the same thing, you know, um, how do I really prevent? I, I think it this, because he was a, unable to go into other two stores, I don't think that says it much. Why does that? Why am I held to that standard? I, I'm, I'm, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know because again, we're not looking at the complete dynamics of the stores that he could not mm-hmm. access. We don't know mm-hmm. the setup. We don't know, you know, what happened. Mm-hmm. We don't know who owns the store. Maybe some some rich people own that store, and now mm-hmm. you know they can afford to get this high tech security. But yet, I own a store, and I do what I can afford to, 
you know, keep my people safe. And because I don't have what they have now, you can sue. Now you sue me. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is another case of I just can sue, so I'm going to sue. I, 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 don't, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So mm-hmm. I, I, I was kind of stuck when Viv asked the question, and I'm like, man, oh, man, oh, man, it's going to in the Jeopardy box um, or, the, or the, the Hollywood Squares box. Um, <laughs> I just think there's too many dynamics to um, – to make the comparison, I don't, I don't think we'll ever really know, you know, the 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 full scope of what we're, you know, uh, uh, matching up. You know, or is it really a fair match to be able to mm-hmm. say, you know, well they couldn't, but they could over here. So, I think this is just another case of somebody slipping through the cracks, and unfortunately. You know, the Dollar General had um, the the. Uh, this is where they slipped through the crack. Now, if, if you talk about like the the scenario that Shanti's brought up here at this store, um, it, from the appearance, it don't look like they got any security up in there. You know, so they um, are should slow. they right? Should they um, have? And and as a matter of fact, hold on a minute. If I go back and recess of my mind, my memory, there was a guy. There were people in there at one point who, <laughs> but they weren't. Do- they were family he dollar at chip. the time. What you do? It's true. It was like what you never. You didn't know if they were security <laughs> or if they were shopping. <laughs> <laughs> you could have walked. You could have walked in that store. And, and knock them over the head with a stick of licorice. <laughs> they want to know nothing. <laughs> That's why I said, you know when your security ain't doing nothing. Nobody is. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. 
Oh my because God! That was so one of the regular employees they they promoted. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, they got they got him from JoJo's. That's JoJo's security team. You know? Right. He said, "You know what? You you you're not going to stock today. Today you're going to do security." Right. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my god! You know, so you—it's—it's like, it's it, this is this is a tricky one here, um, it, because you know, can you do you know you really need it, and you did okay. So in other words, did you do the research and you found that they had a hundred um, a, a robberies or a hundred incidences, and you did nothing, and now to say, well, you right. know what, you should have known better. And you know your your community was at risk shopping in your store. You knew that they were at risk shopping in your store, and you did nothing. Now, if that's the case, you know where they have a track record of something happening in the store, and they found you negligent from you know uh, putting together any preventive measures or anything like that. Then that's something different. But I think if the store has been pretty much on the quiet, and you know. Something happened. I don't know if you know. I would want to be the one behind the lawsuit if I felt I did the best that I can, and I really did. Uh, it wasn't just my feeling. Um, so this one is a little tricky. This one is a little tricky. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, my stomach is really bothering me. So um, I think I'm going to carry over. So Viv, carry over this this wow story, God spares for next week because I want to actually. We have a little bit of time, and I want to get to <clears throat> the main topic today. Probably had I not laughed so long, we probably would have been halfway through it. But, <laughs> um, um, Shantice, I'm turning off your microphone as soon as you start, so don't 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 start. Uh, last week we had a topic, but we actually weren't able to get to it. And as always, you know, this is always right on point. And, you know, we're talking about ways to trust God completely. And for everything here, you know, it says we need to trust God. You know, every step of the way, every news story Vivian brought us, you know, it, it that's what it really comes down to. You know, do I do I trust God for the answer or um, do I go and, you know, pick up my own answers and decide, you know, this is the way I'm going to handle things on my own. And I'm trying to um <laughs> I'm trying to pull this up. I'm trying to pull this up as we speak. But I think I got it here. Hold on, I'm sorry. One of the first things that they list Ways to trust God is to study God's word, and we'll start with you, uh, Elder Natisha. And we're going to have Vivian join us for this um, this particular segment. So, Elder Natisha, take it away. Study God's word is a way to um, trust God. Yeah, I mean, uh, trust is established by way of uh, credibility, reliability, and intimacy, right? And so what better way to establish trust than by looking at uh, going into the source, which is the blueprint. The word of God reveals 
his identity. It reveals his character to us and helps us to really be acquainted with him um, intimately. And so I absolutely agree that by studying God's word, it allows for you to gain understanding about his character, who he is, and how he relates to you and how um, his work, his word aligns with your situation, with what you're going through. It's always <laughs> um, on time. There's always something when you read the word of God that um, speaks to your right now situation. And so even though um, the, the Bible was written um, hundreds of years ago, it is still very applicable and relevant to, to what we deal with and what we go through today. So in it, we are able to establish trust with God and for God by understanding him more. Amen, amen. And we're off to this and on this topic, Shantice, we're talking about studying God's word as a way to trust him more. Yes, studying his word and you end up memorizing certain things especially the things that specifically apply to you during that time. And studying his word helps you to realize how he sticks to his word and how he keeps his promises. So despite your circumstances and how things look, you know, and then the Holy Spirit will remind you, well, God did say such and such and such. So that means he's going to stick to such and such and such. So, yeah, you may be feeling down now. You may be upset. You may be feeling like this is the end. There's no coming back from this. But remember when God said such and such, but you're not going to understand that unless you literally study his word and you make room for him to show you how his word then comes to life. Amen, amen. Vivian, study God's word as a way of trusting him, indicating that you trust him. Yes. First, I want to say that God is amazing because for the past couple mm-hmm. of weeks, God gave us this plan. I have been praying for him to increase my trust throughout this entire process. And look at what we are Amen. talking about today. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But, yeah, studying his word is the only way, as my other teacher said, that you will be able to know what God you know, who he is and what he has in store for you. I always go back to, to the fact, as I'm going through this whole process, I always lean on, I know the plans that I have for you. And his plans are good plans, his plans to prosper you, plans for a good future. So if you don't know his word, then you can't hold on to any trust in him because you don't know what he is really promising you, what he's telling you. So you have to study his word. That's the only way that you're going to be able to gain that trust in him. To, to see his track record, as Elder Matisha said, but also to read for yourself. Like, the Bible is pretty much a contract between you and guys, a list of his promises and his curses, but, you know, his promises. Um, if, you know, if you do what you're supposed to do, what he will do for you. Amen, amen. Uh, they say redirect yourself when you get off course. Shantice. Yes, this is why I memorize the verses that I need to check me in the name of Jesus. Because when I start thinking certain things, desiring certain things, speaking certain things, I quote those very verses that address my speech, those very verses that address my thoughts, 
Those are the verses that address my desires and that helps to bring me back to where I need to be. But if you're not studying his word, <laughs> then you don't know what to say outside of the general, you know, God, please help me. But there's nothing wrong with that because in his word, he teaches us the power that is within his name. And when we call on his name, when we call on God, when we call on Jesus, they are right here to help, which is why we're not supposed to be taking his name in vain. But when you're able to get a lot more targeted as well, and literally quoting his word and saying it out loud, it really helps to now rewrite your menta- reroute your mentality. It helps to keep your mouth shut when you're saying things you're not supposed to. It really starts to help you to analyze the things that you're desiring the things that you the request you're making to God and it's like okay why am I asking you about this guy when you, I now remember you told me last week that you didn't have that for me so why am I asking you about that again this week but again if you're not studying his words you cannot quote his words out loud so therefore it's not as targeted and direct as you need it to be Vivian, we're talking about ways to trust God, and their suggestion is to redirect yourself when you get off course. How important is that to you? Yes, it's very important because when you start thinking, well, why is this happening or why isn't this happening, then you get to, you know, redirect yourself and God's word, of course, because if you are supposed to be doing X, Y, and Z, or you're not supposed to be doing X, Y, and Z, but you're off course in any way, then you would understand why things are not going the way that God said that they were going to happen. Because we don't necessarily want it to go the way that we want it to go. We want it to go the way God says it's going to go. So if you're off course in any way, it's not going to go the way that God has it. So you have to redirect yourself. If you're if you're not going the right way, you got to turn around and go you know, the narrow course, as they say. So you definitely need to be in God's word in order for you to stay on course. Amen, amen. Elder Tisha, what say you about redirection? Uh, redirection, I think, uh, when we look at it and in, in, in our experiences with God, um, often shows up as a, a way of protecting us from ourselves. Right. One of the things we understand is that our ways um, are not the ways of God. And so redirection allows for us to give space for God to redirect us to, so that we can head toward his plan or to redirect mm-hmm. us so that we can protect ourselves from the mess we're getting ready to make. Because when we move and function according to our own desires, our own will, our own understanding, our own perspectives, then we can put ourselves in a greater mess. So God will prompt us to redirect in order to protect us. And then in just a a real practical way, right, like those are some of the deeper deeper spiritual ways, but even from just a practical way, being led by Holy Spirit, um, if you get ready to walk in, Shantice talked about this, right? I, I was ready to walk into a store and notice that, wait a minute, there's some activity that may be going on here. And so, Holy Spirit, are you instructing me to redirect <laughs> and not head into this store? Again, right? A, a, a practical way to be able to understand how redirection can protect us 
from either uh, forsaking the promises of God, uh, delaying ourselves for what we really want. We really want to fulfill purpose, but sometimes the way that we want to go about fulfilling purpose cannot be the way that God is leading us or that God desires for us to get there so he can cause us. Um, and prompt us to redirect. So absolutely, it is a direct linkage between trusting God and redirecting because your trust allows for you to be obedient to the prompting of God that says, don't do that, do this. Amen, amen, amen. Vivian, next one. Remember that you're not in control. That's one way of trusting God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again, I say you don't want things to go the way that you want them to go because that's when we get ourselves into a lot of unnecessary mess. So, yes, yes, you are not in control. God the plan for your life before you were even in your mother's womb. You are not in control of your life. Your life does not belong to you. So if you let go of the reins and let God do his perfect will in your life, how much more easier would it be? You would just be in a lot more peace, a lot less stress, and it would just be a breeze if you just understand and relinquish control and let God do what he is going to do. <laughs> Elder Natisha, remember that you're not in control. Yeah, I mean, wait, am I on? Yes, I am on. I was like, am I muted? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, the, as soon as you said that, my mind went right to Philippians 4. Do not be anxious for anything, but in every situation, be prayerful, right? Have your senior petitions up before the Lord so that he will direct your path and he will lead the way. Um, I mean, I think that that's an amazing reminder for us. And what great joy it is to know that we are not in control. As much as humans, we think we want to be in control. Oh, the joy, the joy Uh, uh. that, um, that, that we are not in control. I think, this world would be in much much worse mm, condition mm. if we were in control uh, because we would be operating out of our own wisdom, which is so limited. Mm-hmm. Our wisdom is so limited. Mm-hmm. So we thank God that we are not in control, but the one who is the creator of all things, the one who is the manufacturer of who we are, the one who understands our mm-hmm. makeup, he understands the intricacies of who we are and what we need and, and how we function and how we work. He understands how trauma has come into our lives and reshaped us. He knows how to deal with us and how to move us and how to redirect and how to course correct. And that's stuff that we just don't know. And so we thank God that we are not in control, but that he is. And that allows for our trust in him to be that much more greater. Amen. Shanties, remember that you're not in control as a way of trusting God. Yes, understanding that you do not have the final say. God has the final say over even the decisions you make without him. 
And when you understand that, then it's like, okay, how how much how difficult is it, God, to really trust you when even when I step outside of your will and do what I feel like doing, you still have the final say as to how this turns out. So if you want to grant me grace in that decision and still not kill me for making this this deadly decision because I could have killed myself in this, or if you say, you know what, I'm going to just take a few steps back and let you walk into your mess so that you can see, either way, you are still in control. You still have the final say. And just like Elder Natisha said, you know, it is so, we, we tell kids all the time, you know, when they oh, when I become an adult, when I become a teenager, and it's like, fall back. Okay, God saved your life. You will have a whole lot of time to have to make decisions, to have to worry about anything. And I'm like, I wish, there's, there's so many times, I wish all I had to do was worry about school now. When I was in school, I didn't want to think about school. Now I wish all I had to do was worry about memorizing something to pass a test. And and, and, and I didn't have to worry about nothing else because my mother controlled what I ate, when I ate, where I slept. I didn't have to worry about none of that. Now you got to be concerned with all of that. And even now as an adult, like Elder Natisha said, even with all of the responsibilities we have because of adulthood, there is still so many levels of relief because, like, listen, as long as I do what I got to do, I don't have control over everything else. So, God, you're going to have to take the will of Jesus and make this happen because I have no control after, you know, past a certain point. I'm limited. As they say in the streets, I'm capped. So now I have to trust you to know that you tell me what I need to do. You show me what I need to do. As long as I'm obedient and disciplined and committed to to your method for me, then I, I'm going to trust that you're going to allow everything to work out because you're not going to tell me to do something and now that leads to my detriment. Amen. Amen. Listen to God. Listen to God. And Vivian, we're going to start with you again. Lessons and God. Well, while Santisa was talking about the other one and brought to my mind, which also fits this, is that we limit ourselves so much. Like, I can just think of all the times that God told us as a church to do something. And it was like, what? Well, you want us to do what? Where is the money coming from? You know, how are we going to make this happen? And it was just, listen, listen to God. He told you to do this. He told you to move, then move, and he's going to handle the rest. And then when we did that, things worked out perfectly. I mean, it was a lot of stress throughout the process, but at the end of the day, whatever it is that he told us to do was amazing, and it blessed so many people. So if you just listen to God, he's going to handle the rest, and it's going to work out just fine. Amen, 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 amen. Shatis, listen to God. Yes, and piggybacking off of what <laughs> Vivian just mentioned as far as how God deals with this ministry, which we are extremely blessed because it, it really always reminds me of how God dealt with the Israelites. And I remember when God gave the word, there's no dating. And we all was like, what? What are you talking about? And I know for me, I was just like, uh, Mr. God, now you know I've been dating since 13. But what are you talking about? Don't date. That is like, Mr. God. What are you talking about? It's, uh, 
That's like not even in, like I can't even fathom that. And like Vivian said, when you finally, and I remember Pastor Seth breaking it down. She was like, listen, I can sit here right now and tell each of y'all why y'all shouldn't be dating. And da, 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 da. and I was like, all right, okay. Well, just, he, he said it. Let, let's just go pad. What's for lunch? And the more, <laughs> since, since that was like in what, 2018? It is now 2023. And I found myself many a day going back to God and saying, you right. When you said those days, because not only are you showing me mm-hmm. how slow these men are and how much I've been ignoring, just show me how slow I still am. So thank you. And I'm going to, anytime you tell me to do something that I don't want to do, that is always the thing that my mind goes back to. And that's not the only thing God has told us as a group or individually, but that is just the main thing that my mind always goes back to. When it's like, don't date, and I actually decided to listen, and I have my struggle points at times, but again, going back to that trusting in God and going back to memorizing his word and remembering what he said in his word in general and his word to me directly, you know, personally, you have to understand why it's important to listen because, again, he's not going to, he's not going to say, listen to me, and now this just leads you into a life of sorrow and, and depression mm-hmm. and, and right. oh, you know, you don't have anything, you don't have anyone. No, it may feel like that, but that's because you're looking at it from your perspective. You're looking at it from your comfortability level. But when you understand, he's saying, listen to me, because I give you that I know the plans I have for you. I know what you need. And one of the things that I've been saying to people a lot, and I've been realizing, we want a lot, but we're not willing to do what needs to be done to get what it is that we want. God knows what it is that we need, and he knows the process. So he's going to position you for the process, even though we don't want the process. But this is why it's important that you listen to him, because he's going to take you we try to figure out how to get to that with still doing what feels comfortable and toxic. He's like, but you got to leave all of that in order to get there. So just listen to God and understand that he's not going to lead you to a cliff. He's going to actually lead you to what it is that you ultimately want because most of the time it's what he already wants for you as well. Amen. Amen. Elder Tisha. Listen to Mr. God. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Mr. God. <laughs> um, so I I, uh, I taught on a series um, uh, for the church I was leading um, one year, and it was called Cheat Code. And one of the cheat codes was, listening to God. And so there are two aspects to this. There is posturing yourself to listen to God, to hear God, so that you can become acquainted with the way that he communicates to you. Because it may not all be the same, right? There are some of us who have dreams. There are some of us who hear his voice uh, by way of the prompting, prompting of the Holy Spirit, by way of our heart. Um, there is just a knowing that, that, that comes up in us. And so I think it's important to, to posture ourselves to hear God so that we understand the way that he talks to us. And then there is the listening. But we first have to hear. 
So we posture ourselves to hear, and then our listening involves our obedience to him. And the listening does a number of things. And, and I think to, to, to bring this point home, I'll just simply share, you know, coming out of um, an abusive situation where I was not taught a lot of things. It has been my relationship with God that has taught me a lot of what I understand about life. I never saw healthy relationships. I didn't know how to be married. God had to instruct me and teach me on how to be a wife. And even let's go let's take even further back than that. Even before God teached me how to be a wife, God had to teach me how to not be angry. God had to teach me how to forgive. God had to teach me how, okay. how to love from a healthy place and not from a toxic place, how to receive love from a healthy place and not a toxic place. And so listening mm-hmm. to God is actually the cheat code to how you can succeed in life. Listening mm-hmm. to God is the cheat code for how you're able to understand how to parent your children. Because we get to a point where we come to the end of ourselves and we do not know what else to do, what else to say. But when we turn to God and listen for strategy and ideas, then it enables us to be effective in these areas that we really want to be successful in. Every person wants to, to succeed. They want to succeed at being a good person, a good wife, a good mother, right, a good friend. Well, our ability to understand how to do any of that is how we posture ourselves to listen to God. He is the cheat code for how we can successfully um, succeed uh, in life and in our relationships. He really will teach you how to do the things that you've not seen. He teaches you how to be successful on your job, even without having proper education. Like, I can go on and on with talking about the benefits of, of, of listening to God, walking through doors that you don't feel qualified for, but God told you that he's given you everything you need to do it and to be successful as it. He'll teach you how to operate your own business without you going to business school. I mean, listen, I can go in right here about the importance and the benefits of listening to God. As a leader, as a pastor, God will teach you how to love and care for people who rarely come back and say thank you. Okay, I'm going to stop because you just want to go ahead and listen to God. Amen. Ladies, as always, you've done a fantastic job um, relaying the message that he's given um, you to give to his people, thanking you so much for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, well. you ladies. Amen, everybody. Love you too. Bye-bye. All right. So much love going through airways. Wow. All right. Let's uh, take a, a moment to go before the Lord.
the Heavenly Father, God, we come before you, and we can't say anything to you before we say thank you, because you've been so wonderful, so marvelous, so amazing, God, and we just want to take this time to just offer up a hearty thank you, dear God, for just waking us up today, giving us an opportunity to be a part of today, and we thank you, God, for your investment. Such a brief conversation, God, but such a hearty one, such an informative one, such an encouraging one, and we can't say thank you enough because you always you are a God that just keeps on giving and giving and giving and giving. Thank you so much for just including us, just having us on your mind to the point that you decided to bring us out of darkness into your marvelous light. And we're so grateful to Heavenly Father because we could just be walking around and feeling our way and just still trying to make it work without any hope. And, Lord, as we've discussed so many different things today, God, we thank you for even making us aware of some information. Thank you for including us even in that. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that we're not a part of the news. We're not the news. People are not talking about us. We have not fallen prey to maybe even some of the things that we've thought, some of the things we've felt, some of the things we may have even said. But you are the protector. You are the guide. And we're so, so grateful today, God. Just a word of thanks to you who just never... Never stop looking. Never stop looking at who we truly are, who you have called us to be. As Vivian said, you formed us and called our names even before we were in our mother's womb. And that's why we're here at this particular point today, God. We ask that every ear that heard would be encouraged, would be uplifted, would feel and know that they've just been given an answer. Vivian's not the only one with an answered prayer. That you've spoken to each and every one of us in your way, in the way that we could benefit from one conversation. That's how great you are. That one thing that's said could just spread across the entire entire airwaves and even people who are not listening today would be blessed when they do listen we love you lord we love you because you first loved us and you taught us how to love and we still don't get it right all the time but we thank you for your patience we thank you for your kindness we thank you for your goodness we thank you that you don't stop giving. We thank you because you look beyond our faults and find our needs. And we're trusting you more and more. We're trusting you more today than we did yesterday because we just learned how to trust you just a little bit more. We give you the glory and the honor, so rightly do your name. In the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Hmm. You know, as the ladies were talking about listening to God. 
And I know sometimes when I speak, you know, I'm I'm sure that it said here she go on her tangent again. She thinks she know everything, and she thinks she know better, and she thinks nobody else knows as much as she does. Listen, I can't attest to how much you know, but all I know is the day I decided to listen to God, my life has not been the same. I remember running from God. I didn't want to listen to God. He, you know, the ladies have said quite a few times uh, this morning, you know, he knows the plans that he has for you. He knows what he wants for you. He's called your name. He knows, you know, everything about you. He knows what he wants you to do, and you don't know what you want to do. And I thought I knew better. And after I ended up behind the eight ball. I said to God, you will never have to tell me anything twice again. And all I know is I can attest to listening to God and what that truly means to listen to God. I remember when I I mentioned to my mother, (laughs) you know, God, spoke to me or God speaks to me and he said such and such a thing and she said all right Stephanie let me ask you something you mean to tell me that God said words words to you you know like like the way he spoke to Moses (laughs) and it was the way she said it that was so comical but it just had to register in her head like I know that happened back in the Bible, but you're really telling me, and I, I, I giggled because that she was so earny. It, it was, it was just, it was said in an earny way, with earny effects, you know, the hand motions and everything. <laughs> and I said yes. I said I actually hear. I actually hear from God, and I remember telling that to my middle girl, and she said to me, oh, you hear voices? And I said, ah, 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 ah. I said, you're going a little too far. I didn't say I hear voices. I said, I heard the voice of God. And that was the first time it occurred to me that I couldn't say that, that I had to limit what I say even to those who are close to me. And that wasn't something that I was going to walk around saying anyway. But, again, it just showed me that, you know, not even those who, you know, know you, they misinterpret what you say. And because of their lack of belief, they're not going to understand it. And I remember thanking God for just dealing with me that way. I can tell you everything he's ever said. I can tell you the words he's used. I can tell you um, the tone in which it was said. I, I remember everything specifically, and I remember the Spirit of the Lord saying to me, he speaks to you like that because he knows you pay attention. He knows that you listen. You're a listener. 
And everything I've done in my secular jobs, I've had to listen. I've had to be able to be an arbitrator, to be a mediator, to to be able to to decipher, you know, uh, uh, who was really telling the truth and who really wasn't. And you you have to be a listener. And when he called me to be a pastor, you have to listen to people. You really have to pay attention to people. You really got to listen. And the more I listened, the more I learned to listen. And it's a gift when God speaks to you. Whether he speaks to you through his word and you receive the word as though he's speaking to you person to person, whether he uses those audible words with you, whether he speaks to you by the leading of the Lord, the spirit, it's a gift. Because so many people are walking around lost. But you don't have to worry about that because God has taken the time to speak to you. So it, I, it would behoove you to listen because if he's actually taking the time to speak to you in whichever way, then that means he's trying to get something across to you. And all I can tell you is because I've learned to listen to God, mm, I've learned how sweet God is. I learned how compassionate he is. And like Shanti said, when when I had to give the word, okay, God is shutting down this dating thing, boy, the room went in an uproar. Boy, if you could see the faces and, you know, people, you know. But like like she said, I was able to say, listen, listen, all I need is two minutes to talk to you, and I could tell you five ways. And five reasons why you ain't got no business over in that area of your life anyway. Because I had learned to listen to God. And I knew he knows more about me than I know about me. He knows, and as Auntie Pam always says, he sees around the corner. So where I would think that I'm okay and I'm going to make the right decision, he's like, ah, you're going to mess this up. So I've learned to listen. And I don't have a choice. Yes, for those of us who think... That's fine for you, but it's not fine for me. I've learned I have no other recourse but to listen to God. Because when I don't, eh, boy, do I suffer. So I've learned whatever God says, I'm listening. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm listening. And because of that, by the grace and mercy of God, and by the grace and mercy of God that I've not We've been smashed by some of the decisions that I've made, primarily when I didn't listen. I can lead his people now. Now, do I lead them flawlessly? Absolutely not. But I learned from my mistakes. And I learned to listen even more when I see if I kind of stepped off the beaten path and I thought It meant one thing, and I thought it meant another thing, but I'm going to tell you something. Listening to God, you'll never go wrong. Make sure you follow each and everything he says. You know when he's speaking to you. Make sure you take him at his word. You will not go wrong. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer 
changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Oh, please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now. Later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares with Therapeutic Thursday. Until then, I love you.